Hi everybody and welcome to the video and live streaming show. My name is John Lacey and as always I'm joined by Sam Proof. Today on the show we're talking about all the various options that you have available to you in the year 2024 to go live in terms of mobile and desktop and apps and multicasting services and all of the things and we're going to be talking about that today on the show some of the things you might want to keep in mind in terms of gear and technology and the purpose of your stream and where your audience actually lives so hang around for that that's coming up today um but we are going out live to all the various places so if you are watching live let us know in the chat where you're watching from and you know you know the drill hashtag team live if you're joining us live or you can do hashtag team replay if you're watching this later on but sam how are you going how's your week been it's been a busy week i've been running around doing a million things like now we have streaming news we'll see if we keep that up every week it might be depending on how busy things are it may be uh, you know a case-by-case -case basis uh i've been prepping for our big uh, Super Bowl event, February 11th, over at Cute Avalanche. So more on that to come. And uh, I was interviewed recently by the, the guys over at IFTTT, which you can find on their YouTube channel or uh, go to my Sam Proof YouTube channel. And there's a link from, their, uh, from my community tab to their video. And so on. It's, it's just so many things. And then what, tomorrow we have another one? Is that tomorrow already? Jeez. <laughs> that is tomorrow, yes. Tomorrow <laughs> yeah. we'll be on the huddle with Walter Strong III, uh, talking all about OBS. So that's going to be exciting too. I've actually got yet another live interview happening on, nice. on Tuesday on LinkedIn. So, I mean, it's it's funny. Um, no, no, Nobody wants us for like entire years and suddenly we're in demand. I love it. <laughs> anyway, let's check in with the chat before we do get started. Um, Sayed's watching from Germany. Um, sent from his Nokia 3210, which I don't know if that's a s sincere thing or a joke, but we appreciate <laughs> it nonetheless. Um, hello to Insomni Doodles, who's joining us on Team Live as well. Um, Said was asking if he was on the wrong stream. So no. um, Sam has created a few extra little bits for the show this week. So... We're just, you know, we're just uh, switching it up a little bit to make sure you're paying attention. Hello to CJ, who's joining us in the chat as well. Um, great to have everybody's company today. So today we are talking about, um, you know, all the options. And I know there are a lot of options. And in some ways, in 2024, we're really spoiled for choice. There are so many destinations. There are yep. so many pieces of technology. There are so many options. And I guess before we even get started, um, because I wrote about this in my, my Learn live streaming newsletter over on LinkedIn, a um, couple of things I wanted to clarify. First of all, um, you know, we, we, we sort of have desktop versus mobile, but the truth is we're really focusing on the device you might use to go live, but the truth is you can use multiple devices at the same time. You, could, uh, you can do whatever you want, and there's no sort of right answer. I know a lot of people are very excited about the tools they use, and we're probably no exception to that. But really, what we want you to do is find something that's going to work for you at the end of the day. But I guess the other thing that got me thinking about this topic in particular was that somebody from a, uh, a streaming service reached out to me and uh, asked me to try out their software, which is basically... It, the idea behind it is to do an entire production via your phones and your tablets mm -hmm. and to do it all wirelessly. <laughs> and I, to be honest, I'm not going to talk about that software today because I really haven't had a chance to put it through, through its paces. But it did kind of get me thinking about, you know, why I do the things the way I do and what other options there might be out there. So I just really wanted to put that up front because, um, yeah, I, I think sometimes people don't really know me and... They jumped to some really interesting conclusions. So I just want to clarify that up front. But let's talk about 
you know, some of the considerations that you might want to think about in terms of this. And like I said, we're just going through a few things. Um, I guess before we actually even get started, just don't overwhelm yourself, especially if you're a beginner. There are lots of things you could do, but let's yep. focus on the things that, that might be most useful. But Sam, I guess, first of all, let's talk about the purpose of your, your stream. So what is it that you're actually trying to, uh, to accomplish? And how might that actually play into the choices you make with all of this? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously that's going to be different for everybody and that that is a personal choice or a business choice that needs to be made. And I think the way to get to the purpose of your stream is to first sort of assess your assets, where you're already doing things and where those things are being seen the most, and then kind of, you know, align that with the purpose of your stream. So whether it is you know, a sales thing or an e-course or just a community driven like chat based thing, you know, how is that going to play into then where that community is? So if you're someone who's actively out there making LinkedIn, con you know, content, is LinkedIn Live going to be the place to do it? And then how do you utilize that to drive KPIs like, you know, sales or signups or whatever it is? Absolutely. And um, I noticed uh, Insomnia Doodles mentioned in the, the chat that my volume might be a bit softer than yours. So I'm kind of adjusting things in real time. Right. So hopefully that's, that's okay. But let me know in the chat. Uh, that, that's good to know. And hello to Walter Strong III, who's joining us in the chat. And as we said uh, earlier, we will be on his show tomorrow talking tomorrow. about OBS Studio. Um, so that's really useful to, to keep in mind. So I guess, you know, my, my feeling about video platforms generally is that, um, or even just social media destinations generally is they have different personalities and they sort of attract different mm -hmm. people. So, you know, you already alluded to LinkedIn live. That's, that's a place where we're seeing a lot of business to business and professionals yep. and, um, and that kind of thing. Whereas, uh, you know, I, I think of, like I spend an obscene amount of time scrolling TikTok, but I only do that for fun. I don't really go there with the intention of learning anything. Um, so, I mean, that might be another thing to consider as well. But definitely just, just seeing where your, your audience naturally gravitates. We'll talk about um, some of the methods you might use to, uh, to actually go live in the third segment. But I guess the thing is, if you are starting from scratch, um, it's... You know, you, you probably don't have any idea where, where this stuff might might uh, might work. So, again, there's a certain degree of just trying things out and seeing how you go. But if you do have the ability to multi-stream to multiple destinations, yeah. you can sort of go back and look at those stats and, and get a sense of where people are, where they're commenting, where they're interacting and that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I would say if you're just getting started with streaming, you know, multicasting, if if you can handle it, it can be a bit of a, an extra load on top of whatever you're doing mentally, right? Like if you can handle it, multicasting is a great idea for someone who's just starting out. Give it, you know, four to six months and then like review the data, like see, is it worth still going? Do I get enough spread on different platforms? Is there one platform that is definitively like 50% or more of my audience? And maybe I just double down on that. And I guess like that, that's one of the things I talk about on my podcast, Build a Presentation Muscle. Like you have to walk a very fine line between analyzing the stats 24-7 and oh, yeah. focusing on what you're actually creating and promoting it. So I, I, you know, I always talk in terms of just protecting your inner creator and especially on platforms like YouTube where you do have a lot of 
really granular data, like sometimes that can be insightful and instructive <laughs> and other times that can just be really depressing. You're like, I made a 30 second video and most people watch two seconds of it. Right. Um, so, you know, t- take that with a, with a grain of salt too. I guess the other thing I was thinking of, if you are like, if you are just somewhere and you need to get information out in real time, often reaching for the phone is a great way of actually st- just starting because, you know, if you've yep. got a connection... <clears throat> Um, a data connection that that's fairly reliable. You can sort of just go live and, and start talking and start showing stuff. And especially if it's something that is deeply newsworthy, um, I, I think that can be be a good way to go. But if you are doing something that maybe is a little bit more produced, and I, I sort of alluded to a, a tool, and again, I, I, I'm not going to mention too much about it this week because I really haven't had a chance to put it through its paces. But... Um, there are certainly options um, in terms of doing more produced things on the phone, but and Sam and I, you know, obviously we're we're very passionate about the OBS Studio stuff, and I I kind of identify as a desktop creator to start with. So there are lots of things that my my setup allows me to do that would be much more difficult to do um, on a phone. But yep. then I know people that have never done anything on their desktop. They've done everything on their phone, and you know they can run their entire business from their phone potentially. Yeah, I, you know, and then also, you can totally do mobile streaming from your from your desktop at this point, like due mm-hmm. to you know with with certain plugins and and things like that. Um, so you could do a fancy sort of vertical stream, but I think I think you touched on you know a, a really good sort of um, uh, delineating line of the difference where it's like mobile is very fast and easily accessible, and you can just get on. And just start talking to your audience. So if you're just doing, you know, a stream for the sake of really just talking to your audience and having a conversation, mobile is great. You don't have to worry about fancy setups or anything like that. And it's, you know, like one click and you're there. But if you are looking to do something with a higher production value, you have specific things you want to show off like slides or websites or, you know, do like an in-depth how-to tutorial, then you are probably, probably looking at doing something on desktop through, you know, software like OBS. Not to say that you can't do that on mobile, but it would be easier on a desktop. Absolutely. Um, so I guess, um, and Seeds just mentioned, um, he still cannot, still cannot wrap his mind around mobile live streaming. If I want to do anything, uh, then just talk into the camera, like sharing something. Sure. And I guess, um, you know, anecdotally, I, it's funny, StreamYard have released a iOS app. And it's funny because people are so excited about this this iOS app. But the And um, Gage is very polite and diplomatic about this. But the only reason this app exists is because the default um, browser on the iOS apps is, you know, Apple Safari. And it doesn't always keep up with the technology. So... I, uh, you know, people have been using that and it's, it's, it seems to have been working quite well for, for guests to join. But I guess then you start getting these other questions like, how do I share my screen via the mobile? And it's like, you really can't via that yeah. piece of technology right now. So it really does depend on what kind of content you're sharing and how you're sharing it. And I guess the other thing, um, you know, it's not to say that you can't record videos and share them as part of your streams. And often... I kind of recommend that because there are some things that are just too difficult to do live or to do in real time. Um, and especially if you're 
sharing potentially sensitive information and you need to make sure certain things cropped out or blurred yep. out, you know, it's much better to be prepared in that way and not just, just take a gamble on, on sharing things live. Um, but I mean, we do have all these options and I guess as much as we're going to be exploring different ideas and sharing what's worked well for us, at the end of the day, there's really no substitute for people trying things out and just seeing how that goes for them. Sure. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, you, you spoke about um, mobile and desktop and I, I kind of, I, I wrote about this in the, the Learn live streaming newsletter over on LinkedIn and somebody was like, why not both? And I'm like, oh, by all means, do both. But I, I was thinking both. more in terms of the device you're using to go live. But even then, you know, you could have the you could have the desktop going and the and the, the phone going. And I, before the Instagram live producer rolled out, and we'll talk about this in more detail later too, I literally, for a few weeks, I literally just had me on my phone. And it was like maybe a third of the entire show. And I, I actually had a bit of paper on screen that says, for the entire show, go to johnlacy.com forward slash live, um, which wasn't a great experience. And we'll talk about Instagram in, in more detail in a moment. But... I guess that's the other thing, and um, Saeed makes a great point. So how about interacting with comments on mobile? <coughs> I would be too afraid to touch my phone at all while being live. So this is a great point yeah. because, um, yeah, did, did you want to say something about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, no, I was going to bring this up totally. So yeah, even when I personally, when I do a, um, a mobile live stream, um, because I almost never use their apps, I also do have this sort of like, oh, I, what is the interface? I don't know what everything does anymore. It's you know been three months since I tried one of these. So I almost always also have the Instagram or the TikTok up on my desktop so I can actually monitor chat that way. Because also it's too small and I'm old. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's not a great experience for the streamer. Uh, for the viewer, it's pretty good, but not for the streamer. <laughs> and I guess the other thing too, like I, um, th this is going to be such a niche reference that some of you may get, but I'm imagining most people won't. But if any of you know uh, Toasters and Moose, um, and they're they're actually a fictional band in a um, a, a music mockumentary that's on YouTube. They had a uh, a song called "Taste the Biscuit," which sort of does the <laughs> the meme. Um, circles on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and elsewhere. Um, and they they often go live and do little uh, concerts via TikTok and Instagram. But the thing that they've done, and they sort of explain this every time they go live, is they'll read out the comments because although they'll have a recording yeah. of the session, they won't remember who actually said things. So if you've asked for, for something that they might need to follow up on, they'll have they'll say your name and say what you said because they have no no sort of written um, transcripts in, in that way um, mm. that you might in, in desktop software. Yeah, that's a really good point. The, all of the, the mobile apps don't have sort of that uh, chat log, whereas like YouTube, if you turn it on, you can like look, look back at the archive and it's got, you know, second for second exactly when that chat showed up. Absolutely. And I know like for a lot of your streams, you literally have that being saved to the Discord in, in almost real time. So yeah, it's just another thing to keep in mind. But I, I think a lot of the time, a lot of the, um, the vertical Instagram, TikTok things, they're very much about 
the moment. They're really about interacting with the people that are in the chat and they don't necessarily have a, have a longer um, shelf life. So it's just, it's just another thing to keep in mind. So we're going to come back and talk about some of the gear that you might want to think about in terms of actually going live, whether you decide to do that on your computer or on your phone or even a combination of the two. Are you ready for the cutest sporting event of the year? The fifth annual Super Bowl brought to you by Cute Avalanches just around the corner. And we're thrilled to have you joining us for the special event. This year taking the field will be Otis, Eric, Amy, Ruby, Ola, and May with Coach Gene, the Mama Cat, watching from the sidelines and running the milk bar. This family of seven were saved from the East Valley Animal Shelter in Los Angeles, California, and have been under our care since the babies were a mere five days old. And they're here with us just in time for the Super Bowl. At Cute Avalanche, our mission is to help support our local feline friends in need. And we're so proud to say that we have fostered over 180 cats and kittens, including several TNR missions, to help control the feline population in our area. We've also helped foster one dog. We've gotten two baby squirrels into other people's foster care. And last year, we fostered our first one-eyed cat, immediately followed by our first fully blind cat Monet and we couldn't do it without the support of our amazing viewers like you the kitten crew our goal for this year is to foster upward of three dozen cats and kittens which will take us over 200 cats that we have fostered in our lifetime specifically kittens under eight weeks old that the shelters don't have the staff to care for and are frequently the first to be euthanized so sit back grab some treats and get ready to be entertained by some of the cutest and cuddliest felines around the suit Bowl starts February 11th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, because we can't do this without you. Your support and views help raise awareness to the work we're doing. So please share the link to our event, post it on your social media, and invite your friends and family to join us. You can even create your own watch parties. The main event runs about two hours, but the stream will be up for the entire 24 hours, letting you cheer on your favorite team of kittens, with on-screen scores activated by your donations, which go toward food, litter, supplements, nutrients, toys, and so much more. You won't want to miss it, and you can get in on the caction early, right meow, by pre-donating through superbowl.com to receive a special tailgate perk with donation tiers that range from $1 to $50. We can't wait to see you on Twitch, YouTube, or your favorite streaming platform for the Superbowl. Not enough puns and in that. And the kittens, the the kittens are uh, amazing, but the puns are just terrible, Sam. They're just nope, atrocious. Nope, I'm sorry. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and if you more. want to learn more about that, you can head over to cuteavalanche.com. Um, I would have put um, Super Bowl up there, but I wasn't really sure how many R's that were in in that domain <laughs> name. But there you go. You can certainly check that out. All right, so this is the video and live streaming show. Today we're talking all about the different options you have in terms of going live, whether you're using your mobile phone, whether you're going live from a desktop. Um, and I guess right now, um, and again, uh, there's yet another cat pun in the chat as well. I'm just going Thank to ignore that for the moment. But let's talk about some of the gear that you might um, you might want to think about using. And I guess, first of all, and I know these might seem obvious, but I think it's worth unpacking. First of all, we need a decent internet connection. So whether that is something that's been physically connected um, to the router, whether that's um, a power line adapter um, to use the electricity circuits through your home to connect to it, 
that could be Wi-Fi, and I guess in or even a mobile data connection. And I guess in terms of mobile devices, that's pretty much what you're going with. To the best of my knowledge, there's not a single mobile device that will support. Well, certainly not a phone that will support uh, a Cat Five connection, for example. So right. I think in some ways, and to be honest, when this company approached me to try out their products, that was the first concern that I had was that. I don't know how great my my Wi-Fi is, to be honest. Mm. Um, and there's always that danger that if you know if you're lagging a little bit, and maybe you're using multiple cameras at the same time, uh, maybe there is some disconnect between the the reception of the phone that's acting as a camera and maybe the the tablet that's working as a bit of a mixer. That could be a problem too. And yes, I did say Cat Five, so that one's kind of on me. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's, that's something to keep in mind, but obviously we also need a camera and a microphone. And again, your phone can serve as both of these things, or you could, uh, have something sort of separate. Um, Sam, I get the feeling that most of the stuff that you do, like most of the stuff I do is from desktop, but do you have a lot of mobile streaming experience? Um, yeah, I mean, it is definitely from desktop. I've done a little straight from the phone here and there. Um, it's funny, I do have accessories. I have, you know, uh, a USB, not a USB, a lightning um, uh, lav mic that plugs into the mm -hmm. phone and, you know, a little light and stuff. But most of the time when I use that, those accessories, it's straight for video. I don't even bother with those on the live because um, I don't know, something about live and mobile for me is much more random and like less planned out. Like if I'm going to sit and plan something, I'm definitely doing it on desktop. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I guess, you know, one of the things, and uh, Walt's got a great question, we'll come to that in a second, but um, I mean, there, there are all kinds of accessories and, and hardware. My big thing is that I kind of need something that is easy to switch on and just go live pretty instantly. I know a lot of people have uh, kits that they can set up and tear down, but if I had to do that every single day, yeah, I would just lose so much time. So, and I mean, I've, I know I've spoken about this a lot in the past, but certainly in terms of my my desktop setup, um, I've got these Elgato key lights that are in the background. Um, they they come off the uh, the Elgato multi mount system which essentially is just this this bar that's supporting um, the light itself. And then off that, I have um, a teleprompter unit. Inside the teleprompter is my Sony ZV-E10 camera. And then underneath it, I've got a little um, Feel World uh, monitor just for the, for the teleprompter specifically. And those two arms, they, they're just called Elgato Strong Arms and they, they just come off the, the main unit. So... In a lot of ways, I'm looking for something that I can just hit a few buttons and go live because there's a, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's some weeks I'm not feeling it. I don't want to be on camera right. and any excuse to not follow through can be, can be quite damaging to, to my processes and my output. So I've got that as well. I mean, I have spoken about some of the, and again, in terms of just this idea of having a rig, I have been playing a little bit with this mobile arrangement. So Again, this is, uh, I've got a, a video mic from Rode here. I've got um, an Elgato Keylight Mini, and it's just off this, uh, this I think it's a small rig brand, um, phone cage. So in some ways, I'm kind of looking for something that I can just, uh, I, that's really ready to go and, and 
like in that example, that's always sort of in a vertical orientation. Yeah. And that really came from the time when I was playing with Instagram, even though I think I've ultimately decided Instagram is not for me. Like uh, people, no one over there cares about anything I do. And I don't think there's much organic reach there either. Um, but I guess the other thing too, and I got this because it was dirt cheap, but essentially yeah. this is often what a lot of people started with like five years ago, mm-hmm. was a ring light that had two phone holders. So the idea here was that the phone on the camera on the back of the phone is much higher quality, but you also want to see the chat. So you'd basically have one, uh, one phone in one direction and one phone in the other, so you could do a little bit of both. And just a little bit of lighting there. This one actually has a, a bit of a microphone stand, which I don't know how obvious that is from that photo. But I yep. guess, you know, I, I just, I, I think in terms of these rigs that I can sort of set up and use pretty quick, pretty easily. And that's just how I work. But what are some of the other things that might be worthwhile, whether you're going live on desktop or, or mobile, do you think, Sam, in terms of gear? Um. So yeah, I mean, you have like the road mic, but obviously you could also get, like I was mentioning before, uh, a lav mic if you want to be moving around a little bit more. Um, if you you know aren't just sitting down doing something, uh, getting a gimbal would be great so that you're not just making everyone nauseous by like spinning around endlessly <laughs> and like jerking the camera all over the place. Uh, so I think those are big, big helps. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, unless you're specifically doing like I'm doing a tour of the zoo, having a dedicated space where it's like, even though you're not doing a desktop stream, just having a dedicated space where you can control things like light and you know, what the scene looks like is always good to do. Um, You know, I think both of us are kind of pooping on, on mobile streaming and it's, it's not for us maybe, but it is out there and available to other people. And I've seen, some people on Instagram who do quite well with it. And there are people who are very active on Instagram. Um, And yeah, they have that sort of dedicated spot where they can just plop down and be like, let's do it and let's go. And maybe they are secretly actually doing it through desktop, but you wouldn't know. Like it seems probable that it is just like they put their phone in a cradle and they're good to go. Um, So yeah, I think, I think those are all important things to have ready. Absolutely. And I guess the other thing, um, and Sam kind of alluded to this a little bit in terms of the gimbals, but even just the mini tripods, I can't yeah. I can't express my love enough for the mini tripods. And some of these are also sort of extendable selfie sticks. So again, if you are out in the wild and you're filming yourself from some distance, that'll give you a little bit of um, room to work with. And these things are relatively cheap. Um, and I kind of, I have such a uh, collection of them because invariably if i want to get a particular shot some of them work better for others occasionally i'll just prop them up on stacks of books or boxes or whatever i have lying around or a bookshelf or something um but but they can be really good and i guess it's funny you're talking about uh the the shaky camera we actually had a um an australian film critic that like any time there was any kind of jurassic park um (laughs) camera wobble just hated every moment of that and I guess if we take that to an extreme, like there are people with ex- accessibility concerns where, you know, too much motion is going to make them ill. So oh, sure. I, again, especially if you are doing like a gaming stream with a lot of weird lighting and stuff, it's, it's probably important to disclose that up front just so people can make choices that, that best support them. That's a good point. Okay. Yep. 
All right. Um, I guess, you know, and, and, you know, Sam sort of mentioned that maybe we're not the biggest proponents of mobile streaming. I don't want to discount it completely. I just haven't had the time to play with it. And I definitely will now that I've got that rig and, and access to some other software. But again, I guess my concern, and it's funny because I know there is industry standard um, wireless technology for video and, and audio, but it always makes me a little bit nervous when somebody shows up with Bluetooth headphones or a wireless oh, yeah. mic. Like, there's always that danger that the, the signal can be lost for any period of time. So, I really like to be physically wired into almost everything. And even, <laughs> like, I, I must admit, I've got a wireless keyboard and uh, a mouse, but literally everything else is physically connected, um, including my internet connections. So... Again, I, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that, but just be aware of your internet connection. Um, if things go wrong, and things things will always go wrong, I think oh, as yeah. long as you communicate that to your audience and just let them know and maybe say, hey, you know, we're, uh, I, know I know people who have literally lost all the electricity in their house or their street or been in a hurricane and stuff. If you can communicate that to people people are pretty forgiving so i mean i wouldn't stress about that too much but to the extent that you can sort of manage some of those factors um obviously sam mentions <clears throat> lighting as well and again lighting is important um your ability to be seen on camera has a lot to do with how well lit you are and that can just mean you know positioning yourself so that the light source is in front of you whether that's uh, an artificial light whether that's just a large window with some natural daylight Obviously, if you're working at nighttime, you're definitely going to need to use artificial light uh, yep. to, to be seen. But th those are just um, some of the considerations that you might want to keep in mind. So we're going to come back and talk about some of the methods. And I do, when I say that, I do definitely mean some because there are so many. We'll talk in yes. quite general terms. Um, but we'll come back and do that in just a second. And then I looked at the first assessment and the first assessment was record a five minute video and it was a pretty simple introduction of yourself. There was nothing exciting. I didn't have to research. It was just a five-minute warm-up. And I freaked out. That course is still sitting in the cupboard beside me. I see that stack of papers and I almost rock in the corner. It cost me a lot of money to sign up and I, I threw the whole course away. And that's just your weekly reminder that being on camera is a very unnatural act and don't feel bad if, if it doesn't come to you naturally. You do need to put yourself out there and sort of um, really have that, that exposure therapy is, is how I like to describe it. But that's a clip from my podcast, Build a Presentation Muscle, which you can learn more about over at johnlacey.com. This is the video and live streaming show. Today, we're talking all about the different options and considerations you have in terms of going live in 2024. Obviously, we can do things on our phones, we can do things on our tablets, we can do things with our computer. I, I think now we're going to talk about some of the, the methods by which we might actually want to go live. And I guess, you know, we've mentioned it before, but it's worth revisiting. Where does your audience sort of naturally live? Yeah. And maybe you don't have an audience yet, but you have a sense of where similar people might be. And do you have any sort of general um, recommendations in terms of making that kind of evaluation, Sam? Yeah, I mean, for starters, like, you know, once you've figured out what it is you want to be talking about, what your niche is, you know, find out where other people like you are posting content, whether or not that's video content or live stream content, but just, you know, see what that landscape looks like and 
you know, in the case of like gamers, clearly it's Twitch, but is that really where you want to go? Because maybe there's too many people. Like if you're a, a Minecraft or a Fortnite gamer, maybe you don't want to go to Twitch or YouTube where those are like giant verticals that have thousands and thousands of channels streaming at any given time. And, and something like Trovo works out better. So like really analyze like the playing field and the competition and make an informed choice of, you know, this is where a majority of that community is and maybe it's saturated or not too saturated and that's where i should go um i will always default to like youtube is the starting place if you have no other choice start at youtube you know it is uh the, the second largest search engine so that's that's something at least <laughs> and i think like this this might be worth unpacking for this segment but in a lot of ways sam and i are very similar very kindred spirits but in other ways we're actually quite different and this show, for example, when we go live um, on a Friday or Saturday, depending on your part of the world, um, I only go out live to YouTube and LinkedIn. And later the following week, I will actually repurpose uh, this and send it off to fa my Facebook page and Twitter. And I, I told Sam this a few weeks ago, but the whole pretext of those streams is basically to say... This is not a great experience. You've missed out. Come to YouTube. Subscribe to YouTube. Right. Click the bell on YouTube. Everything wonderful happens on YouTube. So you, you're missing out. Come and join us there. Um, so, I mean, there, there are opportunities to sort of um, repurpose the content, but also repurpose the content with a desire to push them to your, your preferred platform. Yeah. I, and I know sometimes people don't want to leave where they naturally live, but yeah. sometimes you can move them. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good strategy. And like, yeah, like what we were talking about earlier about multicasting is you give it for six months and really look at what the you know data tells you and like, where is your home, you know, your HQ, if you don't know already, like where you want to push people, use the data to be like, okay, this is where I get the most people. So maybe adopting a strategy like John has where now you're narrowing your scope of live streaming and then repurposing those things for the other platforms to push them to that main focal point is a great, great idea. And even within that, if you are doing something like um, YouTube, where it's also a VOD hosting platform, uh, having like, you know, one or just a few, like a handful of videos that are like the main videos you're trying to get people to see, uh, you, you know, you can create a strategy within that too, which then funnels everything to that because there's so many different avenues uh, to like redirect traffic once they're already on your YouTube. And it's interesting, and I, I guess this might be a little bit outside of the scope of what we're talking about today, but um, when I look at my, you know, my weekly um, reports from, from YouTube, um, my main traffic source is literally me pushing people to YouTube from other platforms. And some of that is embedded on websites and my LinkedIn newsletter. Yep. Some of that's on Twitter and Facebook and threads and all the various places. I, I If I've got something to promote, I just put it everywhere. And it's interesting because that does seem to work and it seems so obvious, but... The weeks where I remember to post the link four or five times, I get more more views than I do when I only post it one or two times. Yep. So it's it's definitely worth worth keeping that in mind. But obviously, um, you know, a lot of these apps, uh, a lot of these video streaming destinations, if you are just going live to one 
one place. You can often use the mobile phone app to go live there. Yeah. Instagram is a great example of this. Um, until quite recently, that was the only way for most people to, to go live. And you literally press a few buttons on your phone, you type in a title and you choose your audience and then you hit the button and you go live. And that's really easy for most people. And I guess that's the other thing. You and I, we're pretty nerdy. We're happy to be nerdy. Um, but most people don't want to be overwhelmed by the tech and they don't really want to think about it too much. They really just want to press the button and start talking to their audience. Yep. So I think that's that's a perfectly valid way of doing it. I believe you can do that on YouTube as well, but you do, I think, need a certain number of subscribers to unlock the ability to go live on the phone. Oh, yeah. Again, I'm not sure not what the barrier else. of entry on that is, but yes, you do have that ability yeah. on the phone, or at least I do. <laughs> and Twitch, <laughs> Twitch as well gives you that. And I think most major platforms at this point do have that. Um, I would say that if you are, you know, uncomfortable with the thought of like doing this and talking to people on, on screen, um, YouTube, Twitch, and Instagram all have the ability to sort of practice without an actual live audience. So mm. you can, you can stream on YouTube to a private channel or, uh, on Twitch, you do a test link and on, um, Instagram, you set it to private or it might be practice, it's practice. And then, yeah, you can you can talk to yourself to your heart's content until you feel like you're ready for the big time. And I mean, honestly, you, you could probably just, you know, turn on your uh, camera app and just record a video locally too. too. But in some ways, like that's, that's my prescription. And I have a whole episode of this on Build a Presentation Muscle, but it's start recording early and watch the recordings back until you're comfortable seeing and hearing yourself. And I know that's excruciating. I know even someone as experienced as Sam hates it. Like yep. you should see him twitch when his own promos are, are playing. <laughs> um, but I, I think in some ways, like you just need to get used to it. There's there's no there's no substitute for the repetition of it. And I think at first, if you don't enjoy the experience of watching and hearing yourself, that's fine. But there'll come a point where you'll be pleasantly surprised how good you are in front of the camera. And you'll, you'll, you'll reach a point where you'll go, hey, that's really, that thing I just said is a really good tip. I can clip that out. I can throw it on social media and let people know about that. So um, I, I feel like getting over that fear of the camera is probably its own episode. And we might have, we might have even done one already. I, I'm kind of losing track so. these days. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, um, you know, in terms of Instagram specifically, it, that, that's been the newsworthy thing lately because they have rolled out their Instagram live producer software, which lets you go live via more traditional, uh, streaming tools, whether that's StreamYard or Restream or OBS or atom vertical um and any combination of those sorts of things unfortunately um it does really seem like a fairly half-baked solution right now it yeah. is so slow and laggy i've literally yeah. seen musical performances where the audio just gets really high pitched and then goes down and oh yeah it, like it's it's just... it catches up to itself and oh it's terrible yes <laughs> it's, it's... Yeah, and i'm sure that that's not great when people are just talking but when they're performing music it is just horrendous yeah it's it's not a great experience on either side like the setup for it is way more complicated than just press two buttons and you're there it's you got to go in you create like a new um, Instagram event. It'll make a new stream key. And you have to basically leave that window open on your desktop because I have not been able to find it again. Like if I've created it and closed it, 
I can't I can't find it again to start mm. the stream later, right? No, <laughs> so no, like literally, yeah, you uh, have to leave it open. Yeah, and that's uh, I only guess the other thing five too, hours in it, one use. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I must admit I I don't know too many people that that are stream for five or six hours in the way that Sam does. Right. Um, but you do need to make sure that window is open while you're going live. That's the only place you'll be able to even see the comments. Yeah, um, but yeah, the other thing too. too is you probably, depending on your computer and audio setup, you'll probably need to mute that tab as well. Yes. Because um, especially yes, <laughs> if, if your software is picking up the desktop audio, it will come back to you at some point and there'll be enough lag that it, it'll be a really jarring experience and you won't be ready for it. So... We're really hopeful that Instagram gets better, but like I said earlier, I kind of I, I was motivated by a lot of FOMO. And once I started playing with it, I thought it's not really worth worrying about missing out on. Like it's just it's so not useful for my personal goals. Um yep. that I'm just gonna leave it alone from now, probably. Yep. So Twitch um, actually has both the mobile, you know, straight from your phone uh, ability to stream, but they also have their own desktop. Uh, streaming scenario, which will do either vertical or horizontal, um, which lets you just automatically do almost an OBS style experience if you're only streaming to TikTok. Um, but yeah, if you want to multicast, you can also do it through like the ATEM plugin. There's like a workaround, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a slightly better experience for the mobile thing. Um, but again, unless you've got that audience there, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess the other thing, and I, I don't mean to be critical when I say this, but um, the the thing that I alluded to earlier about me only going out live on two places and Sam, I think, often going live on six to eight places um, is that often five seconds before the show starts, Sam will be so madly checking things to see that they're working and pressing buttons to make sure that the signal goes from here to there. And I'm like, I really need you just to be present and focus here right. and, and stay with me. Um, so, I mean, in some ways, I think there are trade-offs in, in, with everything. Sure. And I guess um, there's, there's also the opportunities to, to repurpose that content later on. So again, yeah. I think for beginners, don't overwhelm yourself. There are all kinds of things you could do, but think about the things that might be most useful and sort of, you know, by all means, extend those things once you get more comfortable, but I wouldn't necessarily start with 15 different destinations. No. Yeah. Okay. I, um, this question from Walter. So, um, for beginners starting out live streaming, what is the difference between download and upload speed? Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, I think, relatively simple for people to understand. But basically, download is anything you're receiving and upload is anything you're uh, sending. So in a situation like this live stream, I am uploading my signal uh, to uh, StreamYard. And then when I watch the playback, that is a download. So yeah. generally... Uh, just really quick, generally, uh, for streaming purposes, you want to have about um, like a, a 7 to 10 connection on the minimum side. But more than that is much better. <laughs> and admittedly, depending on where you are in the world, um, that might not be an option. And I know sure. that Sam has much... <clears throat> it's weird because I think Sam has much better internet than I do, but he's also running the kitten cam 24-7. So right. it's... Um, 
you know, you've got to consider those things. I guess what I do see anecdotally in a lot of Facebook groups is people with sort of one to two megabyte upload speeds are like, how can I do yeah. this? And I'm like, you really can't. You don't. don't like try. at that point, you just need to record offline and try to upload yeah, a video it's... and hopefully it won't time out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, I don't even, I don't know what the math is on um, doing it at like 480, but maybe, maybe at like two or three megabytes per second you could do a 40 480 stream mm. it's been, been a few years since i've needed to know that math <laughs> and i guess like at the end of the day you and i are in particular parts of the world and in particular socioeconomic things like there are i have no doubt there are people in other parts of the world who have to be much more nimble and don't have the the access to the kinds yeah. of technology that we do I guess really just work with with whatever you've got um, and test it out. And I, again, I feel like I keep saying this because there are so many gurus out there that'll tell you if you do one, two, and three, your whole life will be perfect. But my my understanding of the world is I try things out, I see how they go, and I refine based on that feedback. I don't think there is a silver bullet. I don't think there's any definitive answer here. We have a lot of tools. Right. Um, some of them are very simple, but you need to embrace the constraints that they offer you. Some of them are more elaborate and they come with their own learning curve. And it's really, where are you at the moment? What would you like to do? What are you comfortable with accepting? And, you know, Restream Studio and StreamYard are both tools that we both recommend for beginners because they are relatively straightforward. Yep. Um, and for a lot of people, that's all they'll ever need. Like, you know, or they could just, you know, go straight from to Instagram on their phone. So... We're talking about a lot of things just to give you a sense of what's available. But again, no pressure to do anything you don't want to do. You're an adult. We're not your boss or your parents. You can you can choose what you like. Right. All right. We're going to come back and talk about, um, you know, whether you should, in terms of orientation, are we going vertical? Are we going horizontal? Let's, uh, let's think about that and explore some of the options. If you've been watching us for a while or this is your first time and you're thinking, Sam, John, this is great stuff but I'm wearing a lot of hats already and I don't need to add this to my list of things that I'm doing, but I really want to live stream. I've got you covered. I've been a freelance technical director and stream operator for 20 years, and I can help you either with one-on-one -on -one counseling, setups of shows, or even run your whole show for you. Get in touch with me, samproof at gmail.com or find out more at samproof.tv. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, so this is the video and live streaming show. We're going to talk um, rather briefly. Um, and Sayed being Sayed is asking, is dialogue, um, diagonal video the next big, uh, big thing? I mean, it can be whatever you like. Um, in, in some ways, we are constrained by rect rectangles and squares. But at the end of the day, you can make any kind of video that you want to make um, within those, those options. I guess in terms of... Um, a, and... We talk a little bit about Atom Vertical Plugin for OBS Studio. It is literally free and it's kind of amazing. But for me, at the end of the day, I don't really, until quite recently, I haven't had anywhere to practice that with. Um, I'm not popular enough on TikTok to have access to that. Uh, a lot of people have, have reached out to me to say, if you say you're a game um, streamer, the, the entry barriers for that are a lot lower, but I'm not, oh, really? so I'm not really going to pretend in that way. But of course, the other option was sort of the Instagram live producer. And again, it's just so excruciating. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Yeah. It's, it's just not worth it. So in some ways, I don't even, I haven't thought about that too much. I often record in the uh, in the vertical 
doc um, just to make shorts and reels and TikToks mm-hmm. later on for repurposing. But I guess, Sam, like we maybe if you can just tell us what you're doing. Like, are you actually streaming vertically anywhere at the moment? Or? I actually chose not to do that today. But normally when we do this stream, I do multicast using StreamYard to go out to a bunch of different platforms horizontally. And then I use the ATEM plugin to go to both uh, Instagram and TikTok. And I have to do it in different ways. So I stream directly to Instagram through the stream key on the ATEM plugin. I have a very specific scene built out in OBS that uh, shows me as a large figure. And then above me is a screen capture of us and this whole layout, and I have to bring in the Chrome audio into that. Uh, and then to do it with TikTok, I then have to, uh, you right click on the ATEM plugin video, select uh, project a window. So I now have a window that has exactly what that looks like projected in as its own thing. And then I open up the TikTok studio and I bring that in as a screen capture. So <laughs> it's, it's like a hack on a hack on a hack. <laughs> It is. And tomorrow when we're doing a beginner's OBS tutorial, don't blow people's minds with that level of detail. We won't go into ATEM at all. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, obviously it isn't necessarily too straightforward. And I guess even with tools that are a little bit more simple, um, with, you know, Restream Studio, you can be horizontal or vertical, not really both at the same time. And um, I think the same for, for StreamYard. Although yeah. you can do a horizontal stream, certainly in StreamYard, and it'll just squish it into the middle portion of a vertical um, canvas. Yeah, Which, I don't again, think... is not a great experience. And I think in some ways, yeah. if you do want to play with both of these mediums, it's probably worthwhile to do them... Just, just do the same content two different times. Like, that's honestly my recommendation. And I know... Because um, I, I guess Walter um, is in the process of building a online course and he's sort mm-hmm. of documenting his journey via Instagram live, but not with the live producer. And I kind of, we spoke about this earlier in the week and like, it just, it's, it's not great. And I, I feel no. bad cause I was really hoping it would be great, but it just really isn't. So I think in a lot of ways you do want to just um, grab your phone if you want to go to Instagram, but And I guess the other thing I want to mention too, because somebody did leave me a comment about this over on LinkedIn, it's physically possible to go live vertically in YouTube. Yes. Um, I don't know, like it's not something I was particularly interested in doing, but apparently (laughs) you can. And I guess if you're watching on a phone, it'll be a more natural um, phone holding position. Um, Yeah, I assume if you're... it's not as good in... Yeah, I assume if you're a creator who primarily makes shorts, so your audience is mostly watching you on, you know, a phone in vertical format, then streaming in vertical makes sense. But uh, yeah, I don't know when I would ever want to do that myself on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, cool. Um, And I I guess that's the thing, like, there are a lot of platforms and getting back to say it's joke like there are a lot of platforms where you can really upload any size video you want and it will be it will be some sort of square or or rectangle but you can you can really make up your own dimensions i know um on instagram and even linkedin just a straight up square video can be quite popular but again i don't see a lot of places you can do that in terms of live streaming but who knows um i i guess in some ways i'm kind of pretty comfortable in this this traditional 
um, horizontal frame. Like, this is something that Sam and I have been working with for really obscenely long times, and I'm just a grumpy old man setting my ways. So <laughs> I was I'm happy say, to keep rocking this. <laughs> I was going to say, everything we've said has made us, like, shaking our fist at, like, the aspect. Like, get off my aspect ratio. Like, that's exactly what that feels like. Um, uh, there is one... One thing I, I think I would like to try, which is YouTube does have the ability to stream in 360. Uh, you do obviously need a special camera for that, um, but their player is built to make that accessible to anyone who has you know, uh, YouTube or the YouTube app. So I think that would be an interesting experience uh, given the right circumstances. Clearly cats would be a great way to do that. I don't know why you would ever do that in a situation like this show doesn't seem to add anything to it um but yeah i think if you have an interesting take on it that might be a, a draw for people a 360 stream because that's pretty rare yeah and i i guess that that would be quite novel and it's it's interesting and i guess we've spoken about it before but um <clears throat> it certainly i think on twitch and youtube because you're streaming just a room with cats in it um yeah. you, you have uh, special cameras and you can put in chat commands and say move slightly to the left or to the right or up or, or down so it all comes back to to what you're hoping to achieve and how the tools can help you get there i suppose um okay that's I just very... want to pick up on this, and I know we're running out of time rather quickly, but um, yeah. Saeed's saying it's easier to create vertical content out of a horizontal live stream than the other way around, I guess, speaking of repurposing. For sure. And yeah. it's funny because um, I in, in OBS, and again, I don't want to go too deep in this, um, but I have the option to record both the vertical and the horizontal at the same time. And sometimes I've I've just worked, like what I would do is literally leave enough space for Sam's camera at the top of the vertical and just throw that in there on top. But I mean, in some ways, it's just as easy for me to record myself via the camera and the camera's internal storage and then just drag that onto my computer and go from there. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways of working. Um, I guess on some level, as long as the thing you're capturing is of a decent quality and resolution that you're not stretching it within an inch of its life to make it fit um and it doesn't get too pixelated you know whatever you want to do is, is totally fine on that front okay so um this has been the video and live streaming show today so um sam as we begin to wrap up can you let people know where they can find you and watch your content and do all that good stuff yeah, head over to samproof.tv. You'll find all my social links at the top left there. Hit this QR code if you've got your phone and you're not watching a mobile. Uh, but if you didn't get enough cats today, head over to thecuteavalanche.com and uh, you can find our 24-7 stream as well as information about the Super Bowl, which is coming February 11th. Please join us on your favorite streaming platform uh, and cheer on the cats 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Nice. Um, and if you want to catch up with anything I'm, I'm doing, you can head out over to johnlacey.com. Um, and there are social links at the bottom of those pages and articles and podcasts and videos and all other things. So you can check that out if you're really looking for something to catch up with. Um, tomorrow, we are going to be talking to uh, Walter Strong III on the huddle. Um, he's actually giving you permission to go and be nerdy tomorrow, Sam. So I'm a little scared for the audience. But um, if you do want to catch up with us then, 
um, I, you can go to johnlacy.com forward slash the huddle and that will redirect you to his YouTube video. So um, we're really excited to talk about our favorite bit of software tomorrow on Walter's show. And we'll be back again next week. Next week, we're actually answering video and live streaming questions. So if you have any questions, let us know in any of the places that you might happen to be watching this. And also, because I, I like to do this, because every time I do this, somebody actually follows through and I say, like and oh, subscribe yeah. wherever you're watching this show. And uh, have a great week. We'll talk to you again soon. And take care, everybody.